Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make our community tick. Well, it's Thursday, we do that on our Headlines and Baselines segment. Headlines from local news, almost all of them from the New Haven Independent. Little commentary on it. The music inspired by the news. Here was, I thought, the main headline of the week. It's two headlines on one ongoing story covered by Laura Glesby in The Independent. Landlord boss boots injured migrant worker. The follow-up from court was boss landlord defends booting injured worker. Now, some of our readers thought, why are you writing that story? Who cares? What's a big deal? I thought it was one of those stories that People might not notice because it's in housing court and it's one of what's in a growing number of evictions in our community. But I thought it opened a door to let us peek at something kind of crazy that goes on in New Haven. It's not that we're so surprised because we're all cynical and we know that this kind of stuff goes on. But then to hear that it does and see who the people are and how it works, at least in my case, I, I find it outrageous. So this guy has a construction company and he sponsors visas for people who want to come from Latin America to work for his construction company. Okay, so far, okay, so far, so good. He crams them all into a house in Fairhaven, a rundown house, 20 of them in the small house. Hmm. He's the landlord and he's the boss. Hmm, well, they need a place to stay, right? He has this website saying we have all these experienced workers. Well, at least according to the workers in this case said, I didn't know how to paint. They showed me how to do it. Fine. Okay. 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 Then this guy came from Guatemala, Edgar, Edgar Becerra. He falls off a ladder. Hmm. Gets pretty hurt. This landlord boss says, you're coming to work or you're gone. Then Edgar Becerra falls out a window. He's really hurt. He's got to go to the hospital. This landlord boss, I wonder how people this sleep at night, just to be honest. He says, if you can't come to work, you don't have a job and you don't have a home, you're going back to Guatemala. At that point, Edgar couldn't work. I don't even know why they'd want him to work. He's so injured. And he got eviction notice. He got locked out, which wasn't legal. The police came, got him back in temporarily. And it, so... This looked like a routine, another eviction. They're one after another every Tuesday, Thursday, I believe, in housing court. Laura Glesby stayed to listen to what was going on and heard this whole story and heard the landlord boss lying because they're talking about who came to collect their rent and cash, claimed he never met the guy who works for him who sees him all the time and knows very well, which later came out in court, but that's a side issue. However the legal issues work out on that, you got to think about the human beings involved and just know there's something just not right about that structurally and in this individual case when as blind faith sang on this classic number a person says i can't find my way home Come down off your throne and 
Steve Woodward gone wide on the classic blind face song Can't Find My Way Home. Anyone who noodles around with a guitar will tell you how much fun acoustic guitar that song is to play. Here on Headlines and Baselines, another headline about some workers who have a different reason they can't find their way home. Workers poisoned at Yale construction site. I didn't get to see who the workers were because they were all in the hospital. When I headed over yesterday to 79 House Street, under that garage Yale owns, they have some first floor retail, most of it's empty. Says for a security office to make sure they're keeping all of us natives under radar in, in their city. And uh, the other day, yesterday, all traffic, you might know, traffic blocked off at Howland Chapel. All these workers got carbon monoxide poisoning because of unsafe conditions, working conditions, at a first floor commercial space where Yale is doing rehab, kind of pretty gut rehab. So they were cutting into concrete and stuff with a propane-powered saw. And it was cold out. So I didn't know about this. The fire department rushed over there. and I'll explain to you how they said it worked with the propane saw. So first they see a worker lying unconscious on the sidewalk outside the building. They take him to the hospital. Everyone else is still inside work and nobody stops. Nobody says, hey, hmm, wonder why that guy collapsed on the sidewalk. They find out at the St. Raphael's campus of Yale New Haven Hospital, that huge title now of what used to be St. Ray's, that he had high levels of carbon monoxide. He was critical condition. They rushed him out of state to a hospital that has a hyperbaric chamber to pump oxygen into his lungs. So they rushed back all the firefighters. They had their own, firefighters had their own protective gear because they realized at this point it might not be safe to be inside their place. And everyone's still working along. Yale's getting all the work done. And the more sick people, one person was really sick. A bunch of others had symptoms. So they cleared everybody out and took everyone to the hospital, including some of the security workers next door. They took a little break from monitoring the movements of everybody in New Haven on the city that Yale claims they're just part of. In fact, they run it. And they took them all to the hospital. Some of them were sick. Some were being observed. And they found out what was going on. It was two things. It's really cold. You know, we're in a cold, super sub-zero stretch right now. So when you're using these propane saws, you need ventilation, right? Carbon monoxide gets created when the fuel is burned. It usually can go out the door, but apparently when it's that cold out, the air is heavier, and it can't. So there's a second thing the fire department told me you're supposed to do when you have a construction site where there's carbon monoxide being released in the air. First of all, I wonder where these people had mass pools. Don't know about that. There's an investigation going on. And they don't have any monitors working. So they're supposed to know what the levels are to make sure everybody's safe. So I had this incredibly, potentially deadly, incredibly unsafe working condition. They know we're monitoring it because according to officials, they didn't have the carbon monoxide monitors. So the federal OSHA investigators came. OSHA is Occupational Safety and Health Administration to do an investigation. It's not going to be pretty. But then again, she else, they got all the money. They could hush up whatever they want or just eat it. And meanwhile, C.J. Chenier, the Zydeco master second generation, sings on this album called I Ain't No Playboy. There's a long, hard road ahead for people who are unfortunate enough to work for Yale University.
CJ Chenier singing about that strong man with the long, hard road ahead. We're wishing the best for the Yale-hired construction workers who got poisoned working in unsafe working conditions this week on House Street. They're in the hospital. I hope they get better soon. Get back on the mend. You're listening to Headlines at Baselines on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for Community Radio 103.5 FM, live streamed at newhavenpendant.org. Here's another headline of a story that I think was a lot of people's favorite story this week in The Independent. A lot of fun and very interesting, too. That zoning guy, Vince. This guy named Ben Tracton. He, like his father, is the city's top zoning lawyer. His father was a generation ago. Both served on the Board of Zoning Appeals. Whenever we're having our issues we like to write about in New Haven, about whether people want to build different kinds of stuff than the zoning allows them to in buildings or what's happening with affordable housing, Ben's in the mix. And Ben also, using his real name, has opinionated, informed, contrarian comments in the independent all the time that really liven up our debates. Nora did a great story interviewing him. And one of his main points is that, well, two more. The main point was that we call everything a crisis and then throw rules out the window. And we have rules for a reason. So that, let's say we want to build emergency shelters on some land in the hill. Because the urgency of the housing crisis, we say we got to get them right up. And it's true. Like, Tomorrow, some of my freeze if they have a place to live. It's also true if you have no rules, someone might die in a fire, as they do at some of these illegal housing places, that uh, if you don't try to follow some rules that are set up so people don't die in a fire. I would argue that most zoning rules are not set up for public safety, but are for the impulse for people to control other people and interfere in the natural process of everyone in a community pursuing their dreams or their ambitions with the resources they have, where they're going to build a house, they're going to build a store, they're going to build a place to hang out at night, or a park, or if they want a roof that has a solar panel on it, or if they want a green door versus a blue door. Believe it or not, we have all sorts of ridiculous rules that limit what they can do because of what certain elite people decide is their taste and is therefore better than our community. And it gets completely in knots and ridiculous. It goes against what you'd even want as a community sometimes, for instance, you want to have solar panels, but then because some snoots think that a stretch of Chapel Street should look like the way it did in 1945, but not the way it looked in 1927 uh, in Worcester Square, they don't let them put them up or make cost a lot of money or people go out of business because the window can't be the exact same size they want because of their narrow idea of a moment in history they want to preserve, even though history evolves all the time. Zoning, historic preservation, good goals. I would say that even though I agree with Ben, you need to have rules. I think you have to have a lot fewer rules. And Ben brings up in this interview with Nora one rule he thinks we don't need to have, and that's this. When you go before the zoning board in New Haven, there's a separate city plan commission. And even people like us who follow the stuff, we get confused. Like, wait, do you go before a zoning board for this if you want to build this house or put this driveway in? Or do you go before the city plan commission? And the answer is sometimes you go to both. You go to the zoning board, and then they say, they have a whole hearing. Then they go to city plan, they say, have another hearing. And then even though you're not going to decide this one, tell us what you think, and then kick it back to us, and we'll have another meeting, and then we'll vote again. Ben says, we don't need to do all that. Ben is right, in my opinion. And the coasters were right, that even though we do need to talk about some t- stuff sometimes, sometimes it's just a lot of yakety yak. Take out the papers and the trash Or you don't get no spending cash 
Yakety yakety yakety. Actually, we're yakety yakting here. Let's be honest here. Let's start throwing stones. I'm yakety yakting on headlines and baselines. WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. And we're talking about the local headlines and the independent and a few other places. And the music inspired by it and the ideas inspired by it. Here was a headline, important story in the independent that also Nora Grace Flood wrote as well. Ocean owner gets a second chance. Now, we're not talking about the person who owns the ocean. Talk about ocean management, which is one of the big mega landlord companies in town, i.e. slumlords who own tons of low-income housing, let it fall apart while they collect tons of government rents that are way overpriced unless they go to a rehab that they don't do. So they were, the owner of Ocean was <clears throat> finally hauled into court for six of the pr- many properties that are crappy to live in that were violating housing codes. And he said, okay, I'll fix them up. I promise, promise, promise. Uh, give me accelerated rehabilitation. Accelerated rehabilitation means that I'm going to become a fine, upstanding citizen so fast that you can wipe it off my record and everything's good. You know, that's bullshit most of the time. State said this bullshit this time. So the first time the judge said, no way. So then they came back a second time with some secretive plan that they, it sounds like the state might not even know about the prosecutor to say, oh, he'll fix up everything and we'll all be great. So the judge said, this week, okay, we'll give you accelerated rehabilitation. If you can give us a $7,250 fine, basically chicken feed for the Section 8 huge rents they're collecting on mass. If you don't get arrested again for violations in a year and you stick to this new, quote, process, close quote, you've secretly set up with the city, we'll wipe this from your record. I have a feeling. The, the, the state said, come on, don't do this, but they did. State prosecutor. I have a feeling that it's going to be hard for a whole year to go by without reason to make an arrest. Just a guess. So if it's so, if it's so, we'll turn out the way that Crooked Still sings in this song, their version of a classic song from their album Hop High, that this is the last fair deal going down. (laughs) 
The Last Fair Deal going down. Boy, that song has certainly come quite a distance from when Robert Johnson first recorded that and sang it in the Delta, first half of the 20th century. And then as you just heard, Crooked Still, kind of Americana, bluegrass, newgrassed it in the first part of the 21st century. Just as the homes that Ocean Management picked up for a song and exploit with Section 8 rents without running them well, were built in the first half of the 20th century often and are now quite different and broken down. Not as nice as that version of the song in the 21st here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM. I'm Paul Bass spinning some songs that go with some headlines from the Independent. Here's a headline. City starts reimagining Park's system. Laura Glesby wrote a story. It also had interesting discussion to it. Confab that took place in New Haven about the future of how we run our parks department. People think that one position because we elected a mayor who has a real environmentalist background and does care about this stuff a lot and went to half his degree in this in the business school at Yale was the pharmacy school, but park maintenance has been a mess. <clears throat> now, of course, it's always easy to take shots at government. You know, they don't have a lot of money for everything, a lot of challenges. But we tried something out of good intentions, which was the business school end of things, which was to combine the public works and parks departments. And in the end, uh, everyone kind of agreed that the maintenance got crappy and the parks ran down. So they're going to undo that merger and props to City Hall for being willing to revisit. Maybe not say we made a mistake, but kind of show they made a mistake and do it better. But they asked the city, people in the public for ideas about how to run them better. And they hired Urban Resources Initiative, which does a great job out in the street and the woods planting trees. But they have them do like one of those easel board consultant things where everyone gets in a room and throws ideas up. And that one wasn't as interesting. It turns out the mayor himself has some ideas about park-based bathrooms being open more, a superintendent of fields for better sports field maintenance. You know, sometimes the ideas are important. Your strategy is important. It's also important like just having people ready to go do the work, ideas about how to do it well, being managed to make sure they're doing it. It might be an element like that rather than paying consultants. But in any case, people feel that too much right now in the parks is what Slade Cleave says in the title of the song. Broke down. Sherry had a pawn shop bound of gold A sink full of dishes and a love grown cold Long came a boy, pretty as the devil She took his hand, the whole thing unraveled There's no turning round, it's broke down Billy took the ring, jammed it in his pocket Drove downtown and tried to hawk it down at the bottom of Lake Pontchartrain There's a love note carved inside a wedding ring Broke down, cracked it and shattered Left in pieces like it never even mattered Broke down, torn and frayed There ain't nothing left you could give away There's no turning round, it's broke down Black River flows Won't be coming back round It's broke down 
backseat and another on the way Sherry thinks of Billy at the end of every day Spends her nights waiting for real life to start Listening to the sound of her double-crossed heart Broke down, cracked it and shattered Left in pieces like it never even mattered There's no turning round, it's broke down On the other side of town, two lovers lie still Cigarette smoking on a windowsill There's a picture locked up in an old suitcase Billy closes his eyes but he still sees her face Broke down, cracked dead and shattered Left in pieces like it never even mattered Broke down, torn and frayed Ain't nothing left you could give away there's no turning around, it's broke down Broke down Broke down, Slade Cleaves the Headlines and baselines talk about some of what's broke down in the parks Maintenance in town, but hopefully it get broke back up And uh, talking about headlines from Haven Independent little dross on it, and then a little music. Here's a headline. Firefighters get ready for the next EV fire. Electric vehicle. Got electric buses. Got electric cars. Electric everything. Got solar roofs. And it's important. We're doing, bringing a lot of that up. And we find out that making the transition to a less fossil fuel-based energy system Brings new challenges. They're finding that Chicago right now with the cold, that the cars won't start. You can't even charge them. It takes five hours to try to get your car going. And these fires breaking out with less good batteries that the firefighters, that's why they were at the fire training academy this past weekend. Chris Volpe uh, got some good photos of it where they were learning how to deal with fires that erupt with all the, now we're getting more school buses with them. You got to keep people safe. And also how it, Problems with uh, charging stations because we're starting to put in more of those. We just found out that 24 EV charging stations are coming to New Haven at Wilbur Cross and in Worcester Square from a state grant. So while we have those challenges, it's all good because it's Jay Hogard. He's a local vibraphonist who's a recording artist. He knows that Solar Power, S-O-L-A-R, is, as the title of this song calls it, Solar Power, S-O-U-L-A-R.
listening to Solar Power in the back by Jay Hogarth. Solar as an S-O-U-L-A-R. A definite pun on Solar, S-O-L-A-R, as we're moving toward a more electrified grid and trying to keep people safe as we do it. This the headlines and baselines. Another headline <coughs> this week. It was in recently connected news junkie. I need a minute. Tong colon ranked choice voting likely unconstitutional in elections for governor, comma state legislature. Okay, William Tong is the attorney general of Connecticut. Sometimes when they're talking about making laws, they first say, "Hey, attorney general, can you give us an opinion about where we can make this law?" So it's a years-long process, the laws that I've made this year, but we're looking at, or maybe law to study some more, whether to move Connecticut to ranked choice voting. That's when you don't have to vote for the lesser of two evils. Wonks like me love it, even though half the time we love these election reforms, they turn out to have unintended consequences and don't work the way we think. But it's worth trying, in my opinion, because sometimes it's great and it has been adopted by uh, at least a dozen states in the country, municipalities and states, with good results, where when you go to vote, you put in order all the candidates you want. Now, why does that make sense? Because if you could pick only one, often the candidates with the two best chances of winning, people can't stand, I might reference you to an impending presidential election taking place this year. So a lot of voters feel realistically, I don't want to help making the absolute worst person get elected. So I'll vote for someone I don't, someone I don't like. I just don't like them. Don't dislike them as much. With ranked choice voting, you don't feel like you're voting, throwing your vote away by, God forbid, voting for someone you would like to see hold office in the United States of America. You could say my first vote is this wackadoodle who makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, if that person doesn't get it, if no one in the first round gets 50% of the vote, in other words, if someone gets a plurality but not a majority, then your vote has been counted and no one know, everyone knows how many people voted for the one you wanted. And then they recount minus that losing candidate's votes. So then if your second choice then in the next round gets your vote, so that you still get to vote for lesser two evils without having endangered the possibility of something you like ever being able to be voted for and being registered and building up over time. So Tong said, I think this isn't going to work for presidential races, state legislative races. I mean, he didn't say president, excuse me, for state races, because state elections that are governed. He said that's because if you look in our Constitution, 100, 200 years ago, we never said you could do this. He said, in Oregon, they did say you could do it. I think it was the 1800s even. So given that we didn't, that means they wanted it to be winner takes all two people. He didn't say that's definitely true, but he said likely that if someone loses because they would have won with a plurality but not a majority, let's say some looming fascist who gets under 50% but enough to win the first round, but not when the majority obviously don't want the fascists, so they go with their second choice. Tong was saying, we think that person might win in court because they say Oregon did it in the 1800s, so we didn't, so therefore we never meant to. That's an open question. I think you could deal with that. Obviously, it's a longer process through a constitutional amendment that just rewrites our Constitution, so it's in their plane. But in the meantime, Josh Elliott, state rep at Hamden, one of the leading proponents of ranked choice, says, okay, for now, let's go with the other ones. Let's do mayors and president." Let's set up the rules for that and see how that works. I say, go, Josh, you're right. Looking at the positive, what can be done? Rather than feeling hopeless because Oregon in the 1800s wrote something we didn't write in our Constitution to be explicit about what they thought should happen in 20, 
24. Because Koch, in my view, the Jackson 5 had it right with this song. Because we shouldn't just be able to vote for A and B. We should at least be able to vote for A, B, and C. And you know, when they did this, they started doing this New York mayor's race. Said, this is so complicated, we can't figure out how to vote. It turned out everybody could, despite opponents trying to see. One person out of 8 million was confused, so everyone was confused. It turns out they weren't confused. It turns out people aren't idiots except when they want to be or they watch Fox News. Because as Jackson 5 say, not only should you have A, B, and C, but it's as easy as A, B, C. Jackson 5 got it right. Maybe Connecticut got it right and get ranked choice voting. Give us A, B, and C. We'll do it A, B, and C. One of my favorite articles among the many excellent articles in the New Haven Independent this week was Huggy Bear Hits the Halls. Ronnie Huggins, we kind of watched him grow up as a city. He was a student in Hill House and he was the mascot of the team and he was involved in community stuff. Very enthusiastic. He was kind of embraced by the city and he's continued that going and get paid it forward as an adult. He's now in his 30s and he works in the youth department. He's kind of the star out there connecting with other young people who growing up in New Haven sometimes have some tough circumstances. Has a lot of fun. He throws a lot of like musical events for everybody but also goes into the halls of the highway of the high schools Miami McFadden and follow him around three schools in one day where he just checks on kids that are in the halls and not in class and talks to them about what do they need? In one case, it was controversial readers. He gave him 20 bucks if he could show me he went to class at the end of the day. You know, but, but a big thing he did was they tried to get him to summer jobs. Last year, they went begging in New Haven. And he signed them up and talked about what they want to do with their lives and how they can get the starting on a track to having a career, doing meaningful work, and make it a living. And I think what Ronnie does is what is being sung about in a new single that was dropped this week by my favorite local group, Afro-Semitic Experience, Inspired by the name of a group in New Haven. I'll bet Roddy's been to the events, Unity in the Community, which I think we can all sing about in these days and all cheer for us and anthem. And here's the song, the new single, Unity in the Community from Afro-Semitic Experience. 
sis and brother who finally got it right. Let's face up each other. Black, brown, yellow, blue, white. Let's cherish all the color instead of spitting spite. Spitting spite. The highest we can be. Unity in the community. everybody unity in the community in the day the night the week and the year ahead in new haven thanks for listening to us today in the headlines and baselines on wnhhfm thanks to harry dros the best station manager i can imagine on the planet and to all the great reporters at the independent writing these stories that inspire all the music and the blather this is Paul Bass inviting you to stay unified in the community and fly free with us all day and all night and all weekend long at WNHH, New Haven, home for community radio. Hey.